Allow me to reintroduce myself. Now tune into the greatest. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute Podcast. Well, today, I want to start off with the simple fact that I haven't said it much, but one of the things I hate, I hate those that play the victim. And what I mean by that is someone that is not really injured by someone, but they want you to feel sorry for them. And the reason why I'm starting with that is on the 4th of July in Tempe, Arizona, these six officers were in a Starbucks. And in the Starbucks, actually, I'm going to stop right there real quick before I finish this story because I want you to understand this is one of the instances of me illustrating what I mean by words have power because the verbiage that's used by victims is generally that someone else did something wrong or did something to them and the reason they have power is because people want to sympathize with them people want to relate to them and these words give them or offer them an opportunity to do so. And now, again, the story, these six officers went to a Starbucks in Tempe, Arizona. While in the Starbucks, a young woman asked the manager of Starbucks, because she asked the police officers to either move to a different area or leave. Now, notice what I just said. She asked if the officers would move or go to a different section or leave. Now, knowing this, the police officers asked why were they, you know, why would they be wanted to move? And the manager explained to them, you are making some customers uncomfortable. Now, The officers chose to take their coffee and leave. Notice the words I used. They chose to take their coffee and leave. And this is one of the things where the victimizing and the use of words come in. Because one of the things that I often do is somebody will send me stories like this. This is one that was actually um, sent to me via Twitter. And when I saw it, I actually thought it was funny because a couple of days prior, I had gone to Los Angeles. And going going to Los Angeles, I went through Arizona. Now... While in Arizona, I stopped in a convenience store, as we all do while we're traveling, to get gas, you know, maybe have a small bathroom break, get some snacks or whatever. But while I was in there, I saw a newspaper, and I could not help but laugh because the Arizona Republic did a front-page story on the Arizona police officers. Every five days, an Arizona officer shoots someone. And here is the even funnier part about it. One, that was front page. That was the front page of the paper. The funnier thing about that is a couple days prior to that, I did a story on the police officers in Phoenix, Arizona. They have become the number one police shooting station in the country they have set records the amount of people that they have killed now keep in mind I always talk about an officer's first duty is preservation of life I've played the training day clip where Denzel states officer's first duty preserve life often talk about how they have six to seven 
non-lethal weapons and one lethal weapon on them at all times. Which is kind of like the two ears and one mouth theory. Well, you got two ears, one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you speak. And this is the thing where you have six choices. Six, sometimes seven choices to issue non-lethal force on the people you swore to God to protect. You took an oath to defend and protect but your first mindset is to grab your one lethal weapon now here's where the story got interesting for me and this is where I'm talking about when I speak about victims the Tempe Officers Association and he wrote because his name is Mark something I can't pronounce it but if you look it up it's Mark something but he wrote don't appreciate Starbucks asking our Tempe officers to leave your establishment on the 4th of July several of these cops are veterans who fought for this country hashtag zero respect now many of you know me or have an idea of me seeing that and my response because one they weren't asked to leave they were offered an option they chose to leave so let's get that let's get that straight but the words don't appreciate being asked to leave those things are instances of the blue wall because he wasn't there. He don't know what was said. And at this point, he hadn't spoken to anyone. And the crazier part about it, he admitted that when he was interviewed. He admitted he hadn't spoken to anyone prior to writing this this message. Other than the fact that the officers told him, yeah, we, we left, you know, because customers were feeling uncomfortable. So he chose to take it upon himself to consider it as disrespect. Now, my response is maybe if Arizona police didn't murder the people they swore to God to protect more than any other state in the union, people would be more at ease when they are around. That tweet itself within an hour had gained over 4,000 views and then later was deleted. But on the on the front part of that was I attached that newspaper article and the funny part about it was the fact that there were people that came out to defend the police officers and the thing is it it was funny to me and the reason why it was funny because no one came up with anything logical no one spoke about anything that was lawful And often these people that spoke about the police officers and attempting to protect them use the fact that these same police officers would hurt you, which was exactly the point that was being made of why people are not comfortable around them. But you want me to be comfortable, even though the people that are protecting you are telling you that they will hurt you. But that's not what they swore to do. So here's my thing. You're looking at the fact that people are not comfortable with you being gun happy for the most part. And they're not comfortable with the fact that there is very little accountability because even the police chief in Phoenix... Her response to why your officers so trigger happy, her response was, it's the citizens' fault. It's the citizens' fault that they're getting shot. It's the citizens' fault that my officers are so aggressive. It's the citizens' fault that 
we get out of the, our vehicles with our guns out. The citizens do that. And I thought that was the most amazing shit ever. Because one of the things I do know is the actions of a subordinate show two things. The actions of a subordinate reflect leadership. The actions of the subordinates reflect training. So, knowing your attitude is it's the citizens' fault, we are killing them. It's the citizens' fault. But it's not the training. And it's not the leadership because the leadership takes responsibility. Oh no, the leadership deflects responsibility to the people that's being actually victimized. So it's your fault that you're a victim because you shouldn't have to call us. Just like the four-year-old girl shoplifting. It was the citizens' fault that they got out and told them, get out the effing car before I bust a cap in your head. That was the citizens' fault. That had nothing to do with the police training. That had nothing to do with the officers themselves that have also had multiple disciplinary actions. Has nothing to do with that. And the thing about it was the fact that you got Fox News. Or in this case, Fox and Friends. And their headline was Starbucks Barista asks officers to leave, says customers did not feel safe. Again, note that they're not saying these officers had a choice. They're not saying these officers were able to make a decision. They're not saying that these officers was approached in a professional manner. It was just, oh, they're the victims because they were asked to leave. No, they made a choice to leave because they were asked to make a choice of moving or to leave. They chose to leave. Why? Because they understood people are not comfortable around them because they are not trained properly. Because if I think someone is dangerous, I'm not going to stick around. They're not going to be invited to the barbecue. We're not going to eat lunch together. We ain't going to be friendly. If anyone I feel is going to cause harm to me, no, I don't want them around. And hell, yes, I understand they have a right to be there. Don't get me wrong. They Yes, they have. Get, the, get your coffee. Love it. Whatever. But... That doesn't mean that I can't also ask questions. Because here's the thing with me. If I was one of the officers or the superiors of those officers, the first thing I would have done was asked, who was it for one? Let's start off there. So I can open a dialect. So I can have an intelligent conversation. And ask them, why is it they are uncomfortable with me? What about me that makes them uncomfortable? Now, if it's like you're just a police officer, okay, I get it because I understand the numbers. I understand what they're looking at. I understand what they're living, pretty much. So, yeah, I can't be too upset about that. But the whole thing is, they went on later to talk about a program to which, oh, we have a community outreach program. So, okay, here's here's a great point. Let's let's hear about that. Because you often hear me say that they're only out for revenue. They are not out to serve and protect. They have very little to do with law. And in this community outreach program, the funniest, (laughs) I thought it was hilarious because they picked this 72-year-old wheel, wheelchair-bound man who was getting fines because of his yard. Now, note, I just said this man is 72. That's one. Two, he's on a fixed income, so he can't pay anybody to clean up his yard. That's two. 
Now three, he's in a wheelchair, so he can't do it himself. So the, the police are finding this man. Well, the city is finding this man. And he's on the verge of, quote unquote, going to jail for a debt. This is what they actually said on television. He's on the verge of going to jail for a debt. Remember, there's no debtor prisons except in Vegas in the U.S. anymore. That's not allowed, right? I thought, I thought that's what it was. But again, they're doing wrong so long they think it's right. So as a favor to this guy, they went and cleaned up his yard. They didn't wipe away the fines because he's still facing jail time if the yard does not stay maintained, which he has the, no means of doing. Literally has no means of maintaining this yard. They are still going to take this man to jail for a debt. And he is physically unable. And this is, a, this is their outreach program. Because the fines are still there. He still has to pay the fines to something he owns. It's his. He owns this house. But somebody else is telling him he has to pay money because they want it. But that's their community service. That's their way of reaching out to the community and being productive. And for the most part, the community is supposed to be okay with that. But what does that have to do about law? What does that have to do about the actual community connection? Because let's say you go clean up this one man's house and you go shoot somebody and kill them 20 minutes later. That kind of negates the cleaning up of the house. Because again, the training is the issue. The unlawful actions are the issue. And even I look at a lot of people and they're they look at situational wealth. You know, I, I call it that because that's what they're doing. They're placing you in situations to where they have to build their wealth because they give a shit about yours. They want you to go out here, work nine to five, and then give them a part of that check. But they want you to be okay with that. I'm going to say that one more time. They want you to go out here, go to work, not hold them accountable for doing something that is not a part of law make you pay for it and they want you to be okay about it but then when you're uncomfortable with them killing you you are the problem and don't worry about it because all those that don't believe this I'm gonna have a video that follows this not too long not too long from now because I know it's going to be hard to believe when I said this woman blamed the citizens for being shot by her police officers. Now, the thing is about it is when you're sitting down and you're thinking about the whole instance of why did they become police officers? And why do I go through the things in the manner of which way I do it? Because when you're looking at what they're doing and then listening to the things I say, you're watching the videos I'm posting and you're like, if that's the law, why don't I know that? Why are they not teaching that? Why is they doing things opposite of that? And it's generally because bullies keep bullying until you fight back. And that's the one thing that most people will not do because situational wealth. They put you in situations. They find your weakness because most people will pay for convenience. That's why you go to Starbucks, spend $5 for a coffee instead of getting it from a gas station for a dollar. That's why when you go to the movie, you spend the extra two bucks for the comfortable chairs that recline. You're in the same movie theater, but you want comfort. That's why you get on your airplanes and you want first class or business class even, because the seats are a little bit more comfortable. You have about three inches more space 
You're on the same plane. It goes into the mountain. Guess what? Everybody goes into the mountain. You just going comfortable. But they know you'll pay for that. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're policing for profits. And at the end of the day, they know you'll pay for it. Why? Because they know you'll pay for convenience. And then they want you to be happy about it. And one of the tweets about the the Arizona officers that I actually thought was kind of interesting was from this guy named Cafe Wap. And he actually sent a message. Tempe police shot a 14-year-old boy and then edited his dead, lifeless body out of the body cam footage. Now, a lot of us want to just police bash. That's not what I'm doing. Just understand that. I talk about individual situations and I speak about law. Very seldom do I put my opinion in. This one has my opinion in it a lot. Because, again, I hate victims. If something happened to you, that's fine. But if you are trying to make people think that you are something that you're not, it pisses me off. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have the opportunity to do what you swore to God to do. You're choosing not to. You have the opportunity to learn law. You're choosing not to. You have the opportunity to use officer discretion. You're choosing not to. Why? For revenue for the city. Revenue and quotas and stamps and all this other crap that have nothing to do with law or protection. Because I often tell people, statutes, codes, and ordinances, the reason why they change from city to city, county to county, place to place, is because statutes, codes, and ordinances are safety issues. They're not law. Law is law no matter what state of the union you are in, which is why they all have to follow federal guidelines. And I often hear people tell me that there are certain things that will make the police do these things. And the funny thing is, is these are the same people, just like I said earlier, that are apologizing and then saying these people that they're apologizing for will hurt me. So if they're doing the job properly, they're doing the right thing, and I'm the one that's wrong, why are they hurting me if that's not their job? Their job is to protect me, not to hurt me. But you're saying that they're good guys, but they're the ones hurting me. So... I'm supposed to be comfortable with that. I'm supposed to accept that and be cool with it because they're wearing a uniform and not doing their job properly. Okay, I get it. Because just like if I go to a restaurant and I order a T-bone, you bring me back a ribeye, I'm not going to be happy with it because it's not what I ordered. That's not what you wrote down and took in the back. I want what I ordered. You made a choice to become the police officer. You swore an oath to do a certain duty. If you're not going to perform the duty, why are you putting on the uniform? Because that uniform is made for those that want to do the right thing. And it's too often that most people are not doing the right thing. Because I'm going to do a video, you'll see it this week, where a young man, he recorded the police officer. And the police officer immediately went to doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And the craziest part about it is I laid, I had to watch the video like three or four times because there was something in the video I didn't originally see. And when I play this video, I'm going to play it in its, its entirety. And I also want you to see if you notice it the first time before I point it out. Because most of these cops have been doing wrong so long that they don't even understand what they're doing is wrong. And they do things. And there are some some things that have been brought up. And changes that are being made because of legislation. Because we talked about the body cams. You hear me talking constantly about 76% of all video that make it into police issues that go to court 
do not come from police officers, even if they have body cams or dash cameras. Police are now actively attempting to get rid of this. Why? Because they don't turn it over anyway. And then they get upset when somebody records them. But they're supposed to be the good guys and they don't want anybody being uncomfortable with them. But the only thing we're seeing is the bad police officers. And if that's all we're seeing, guess what the programming is doing? Telling us all police officers are bad. Now, here's the problem. Most of these police officers have not understood why there are so many programs lately. Well, I'll say in the last four years that have become cloud-based. And the reason is whenever somebody's recording, there have been instances where police have destroyed the evidence or deleted the videos or even completely wiped somebody's phone. I've seen it happen. This actually happened to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago. But the funny part is you now have software that when someone tries to go into your phone and it's not you, it takes a picture of them. You have things such as Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram, Vimeo, and a host of other sites that as soon as you stop recording, it uploads and saves to the cloud immediately even if you destroy the, the original footage it is still in the cloud why so no one can destroy it and the reason I look at all these because you look at 2015 Facebook was one of the first ones to do that and everybody thought oh that's just a great idea they didn't understand that it was because police was destroying videos I'm gonna say that one they're doing that so the videos won't be destroyed by police officers. Because you see so many videos where these police officers see somebody recording. Knowing it's that person's right to record them performing their duties. And they go and do things such as flash a flashlight in the camera. They'll go and stand in front of the camera. They'll go and do all these things that obstruct. And then they're not punished or disciplined by their superiors and you remember I told you the actions of subordinates reflect leadership and if leadership is not doing anything guess what their behavior escalates and when we're talking about these things when we're going through this and we're looking at this my only question is if you're the good guy why why not show people that what you're doing is right. Why not show people that you are going to handle things in a professional manner? Why not? Why not show them that? Why would you not want people to see that? Or is it because you're trained that everybody's a criminal because your job is forever? Are you training to go out and get rid of as many people as possible? Because I constantly say. It's not the war on drugs. It's not the war on the blacks. It is the war on the poor. And the crazier part is now it is leaking into other aspects of it. Because another video that I'm going to do, and it's actually going up on Facebook, it's going to be a video where I talked about D.L. Hughley's book. You know, how not to get shot and other advice from white folk. And the reason I'm bringing that one up, the reason I'm going to do this video, is because when I'm sitting down and I'm looking at something, and <laughs> I look at the instances and I listen to these people that, again, apologize for police officers. They look for an excuse. And even one of the excuses that was brought up with the Twitter thing because one guy was like well they must be um, pulling guns out on the police so okay that's cool and if you think 600 people pulled out a gun on police officers and that's why the police officers are killing them 
you're an idiot. And that and that's basically the kindest way I could have said anything because that's exactly what I said. Because if you think that the police life are in danger, in imminent danger, each and every time they're pulling that gun out, you're an idiot. Because no one goes from middle of the pack to first in a span of a year and a half, two years, unless they're being trained to do so. And the craziest part about this, you look at at people that are shot, that are unarmed. And then you look at, because even one of the ones I put up was, I think I did like six, six different um, Arizona police shootings. And in doing so, one of the ones was the young man that was in the hotel. And the craziest part about this, he, um, Philip Brailsford, Daniel Shaver, was murdered by him. And the thing was, Shave, uh, Brailsford had multiple disciplinary actions in the police department where he had done something wrong. He had also failed the mental exam twice. He failed it twice. So he was mentally not capable of being a police officer. When he became a police officer, he was in trouble on multiple occasions. And then when he killed someone, they actually didn't discipline him. He resigned. And then we talked about Joseph DeMarco. He shot Monty Markley. He had mental issues. And the thing is, police officers are trained to deal with those with mental issues. They're supposed to be trained to deal with that situation. I guess in Arizona, it's to kill them. Because he was also involved in another shooting with Stephen Shannon. And Esteban Flores was in charge of this one. They shot and killed Caden Clark or Daniel Jacobs, however you knew him or her. And the craziest part about it was the fact that they did not want to release the body cam footage. And the more crazy part about that was the fact that, yes, these are Arizona officers, just to kind of clear that up. And the crazier part about this situation was the fact that they stated she had lunged at them. That's why they shot. But supposedly one of the one other officer was going to get a non-lethal weapon. Why? Because they was having a mental issue. It was a mental call. So it was get non-lethal weapon. Let's go ahead and do them. Get, get it to the spot. Get it to the hospital, whatever. But the statement was, oh, she had lunged at me. But she ended up on her back and the knife on her chest, supposedly. But there's no footage of that. Now, I don't know about you, but I do understand some aspects of physics. I understand a lot of aspects of logic. There was no logical explanation for somebody being shot and they're leaning with all of their weight forward. Unless he has a goddamn bazooka, they're not going to end up on their back. And then all of a sudden just go limp and the knife just lays perfectly on their chest. Not going to happen. That defies the <laughs> that defies physics by all means like that is some cartoon shit and again Joseph DeMarco multiple shootings multiple disciplinary actions he's still employed Stephen Shannon multiple disciplinary actions multiple shootings he's still employed and then you're wondering why people are not comfortable around you you're not handling situations in a professional manner. Because hell, even this situation could have been handled in a professional manner. But instead, what you do, you go on to TV. 
you go on the social media, you go on to all these other platforms and you speak about how you're the victim. You're the victim because people are not comfortable around you killing people. People are not comfortable around you because you're not disciplined anymore. Because it's like this. I'm pretty sure everybody's gone somewhere and they've seen these parents with these out of control kids. And generally, I run into them in the store or Walmart or someplace like that. And the first thing, like, oh my God, you need to spank this child or you need to do something because timeout ain't working. Whatever you're doing ain't working. Like, there needs to be some form of discipline here. And I'm pretty sure everybody's run into that. Because I'm pretty sure there's a couple of y'all that wanted to spank that other, like, you know what, come here, get your butt over here before I pop your little bottle. This is what's not happening. This is what we talk about when we talk about the blue wall. It's because police officers are not holding other police officers accountable for their actions. They're not their brother's keeper. I'm going to say they are not their brother's keeper. That is what people are upset about. That is why people are not comfortable. Because when someone does something that's not about the law and their job, their literal job is law enforcement. And you're not disciplining them. You're not holding them accountable for it. You're not correcting that behavior. You are condoning it. You are telling them it's okay to go out and act a fool. You're telling them it's okay to act without rules. You're telling them it's okay to do whatever it is that you want to do without consequence. And last time I checked, that creates chaos. That creates confusion. That also creates separation. That creates division. That creates a disconnect. And that is exactly what's going on. You're disconnected from reality because you're the victim. The problem is, you can't even be the victim because you are the protector. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't even be the victim because you are the protector. You're the one we're dealing with. You're the one that we depend on. You're the front line of defense. But when you're not doing that, people aren't comfortable with you. When you're not being held accountable by your own, people are not comfortable with you. Because they know that apparently somebody's telling them, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's okay. Nobody cares about them. Don't worry about it. We're good. And the fact that you feel like the victim, like you feel like somebody owes you something. That entitlement idea is trash. And it's just like whenever you're looking at the fact that what's the purpose of giving you hand-to-hand combat skills if you never use it? What's the purpose of giving you a nightstick if you never use it? Or if you're using it as a weapon instead of something for defense or to subdue. Because again, they teach you how to be subdued. And the crazy part about it, because I hate to say this, but I think it needs to be said. Because you cannot be certified to carry a taser until you are tased. Why? Because the brain remembers two things. Pleasure and pain. The reason why it takes them a lot longer to discharge that taser is because they themselves have been tased and their body forces them. I'm going to say it forces them to think about the pain. That's why it takes, they do a lot more talking because they got to talk themselves into the discharging that taser they do a lot more amping whenever it's that taser why because it takes a lot more for them to pull the trigger of the taser why because they have themselves been tased their body knows the pain now I think my opinion yes I think they should in order for them to get a weapon a gun, a Glock, whatever the hell it is that they have, I think they should be shot with it. Put your vest on, get shot with it. 
because that's how you got to get certified for your taser. Damn sure should be the, re the same exact way to get certified for your gun. Because if you're getting shot, you're a lot less likely to shoot. And I speak about people that tell me all the time, oh, you should do a ride along, or you should do this, or you should do that. You should understand being a police officer. Okay, I'm a, again, I, I say this. Because I have friends that are police officers. The whole thing is they're doing the job right, they're going home. That is what I want. I want them to get home. My brother is a fucking police officer. I want him to get home every night. But I also want him to do the job the right way. My friends, I want them to do the job the right way. Guess what? They want to do the job the right way. They separate themselves from people that are not doing it. The problem is when people see that, the blue wall lashes out. And instead of doing the right thing and holding them accountable, they push them to the side. They place them in dangerous situations and they don't help them. They don't cover their back. And to me, that's gang mentality. I look at one of my best friends, his name is John. I'm not going to tell you where he works at and all that good stuff. But John's been a police officer for a very long time. Love John. John has been shot twice. And John is one of the few people that actually does not grab his gun when he gets out of the car. He doesn't talk to people aggressively. He's been shot twice. Both of them were at traffic stops by knuckleheads for bullshit misdemeanors or bullshit traffic stops or whatever. Because generally what John does, he doesn't do revenue stops. If you got a tail light out, he'll stop you, tell you, hey, get the brake light fixed. Why? Because it's dangerous. He uses officer discretion. And he generally doesn't do the extra stuff because it's not necessary. He's not doing things that places his life in danger. He's not doing things to escalate the situation. He's not doing things to become super cop. He's not doing the unnecessary stuff that will get him in federal court. He's not doing the things that are outside the guidelines of law. Because, yes, police are allowed to make traffic stops. However, that's not probable cause because you know probable cause only comes from a crime. And I just said statute codes and ordinances are safety issues, not crimes. So understanding, I'm going to go into that as well. That'll be up this week. But understanding just that, just that one little thing that offers you an opportunity to do something else because I could do a thousand ride-alongs I know prior to getting in that car being a police officer is dangerous and I think they knew that prior to applying so why should I feel sorry for them for the decision they made why should I have sympathy for them why are they the victim because they made a choice. They made a conscious choice to apply, to train, to get in shape, or whatever it is they had to do. They made a conscious choice to make this a career for them. So why should I feel sorry for them? Because they go in knowing what it is to wear that uniform. They know what's, what it entails. They know what they're going to go through just by putting the uniform on. They know that. So why am I feeling sorry for that? And here's the better question. How is that ride-along going to change the fact that being a police officer is dangerous? But generally, the danger that they encounter, the danger they worry about, it's not the citizen's fault. It's that that is imagined. It is that that they create. Because when you're placing your mind on things of danger, guess what? You ask and you shall receive. You live with expectation. 
If you're expecting crazy, you're going to get crazy. If you're expecting someone to do something crazy to you, guess what? Someone's going to do something crazy to you. If you're thinking everybody's a criminal, guess what? You treat them the same way. The problem is you knew as a police officer that you're not meeting anybody in their best. This is not like you're sitting down and people are like, oh, this is so great that the police showed up. No, you're meeting somebody at a probably horrible time. Because even if they're speeding, you stop them. There was a reason they were speeding more than likely. Because they were trying to get to work. You know, any other reason, you know, get your ass up on time, do what you need to do. Stop speeding. Because why? It's a safety issue. You don't have the right to interfere with somebody else's life because you don't want to get up on time. But understanding that it doesn't change doing ride-alongs doesn't change the law doesn't change the fact that being a police officer is dangerous it also doesn't change the fact of karma because that's why when i said a couple episodes ago make sure that bitch is beautiful life's only a bitch if you think life's a bitch life's only a bitch if you creating that bitch so just if life's a bitch you make sure that bitch is beautiful plant the seeds that you know that you can reap that'll be beautiful plant seeds of being comfortable people being comfortable with because officer norman from arkansas it goes around the country but what he did he started at his house he started on his beat he started letting people know that they can be comfortable with him why because he didn't do any fake ass let me go clean up your yard but i'ma still take you to jail in a couple weeks he didn't do that he went out and actually made a difference in his community. That difference has transformed into a nationwide effort. Why? Because he made a choice to make people comfortable with him. They made the choice to make people comfortable around him. He did something that meant something. Does he still do police work? Yes. Does he still investigate crimes? Yes. But does he go out and do things just for revenue? No. Does he go out when he is out on his free time? Does he do things that make people comfortable? He gives out toys. He helps people with groceries. He helps the disabled. He makes sure people in his community on his beat know that he's not their enemy. He lets them know that he means them no harm. I'm going to give you a story real quick. And it was, I was in Augusta, Augusta, Georgia, during, a, I believe it was St. Patrick's Day Parade, and I was with my youngest son. And we were walking. And my son, my my baby, he sees this police officer. This is some years ago now. It wasn't like last week or nothing. But he sees this police officer, and he runs behind me. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? He said, he said, that's a police officer. I'm scared. I said, oh, hell no, you're not. And just without thinking, and I don't recommend this because I, I actually had to go back and apologize for this dumb shit. Just without thinking, I walk up to the police officer and I tell my son, I touch him. So my son touches him on the leg. Now, the officer is looking at me crazy. So I touch him on the arm. And I said, look, he is a man, just like you are a man. Don't give him a reason to talk to you. And we went to walk off, but then, like I said, I turned around and I apologized to him because at the end of the day, my child should not be afraid of anyone, let alone someone that's supposed to protect him. Now, does that mean every police officer has his best intentions in mind? Hell no, I know better than that. And I also teach him that because I'm gonna make sure he's not stupid. But I also wanna make sure he doesn't fear any other man no reason to not a chance of it but i also want him comfortable no matter where he's at because just because the asshole's next to you or he's an asshole to somebody else make sure he's not one of you because what most police officers forget yes you are encountering these people in a horrible time horrible situation most of them are belligerent most of them are not really in a good mood or good time but there are those people that you do encounter that have intelligence. That let's say let's call it five percent. 
you still have to be professional in those instances. That makes people comfortable. You have to be welcoming when you're approaching someone. That makes people comfortable. When you're doing something, smiling makes people comfortable. But even on that same day with St. Patrick's Day, there was another group of three police officers. They walk up. Two of them had smiles on their face. One guy had his hand on his gun. I stuck my hand out, open palm. Now, most of you know what that means because when you're going to shake somebody's hand, you do open palm to show them that you mean them no harm. Two of the officers shook my hand. The other officer looks at me and goes, I don't shake hand. I looked at him. I told him, I said, that says a lot about you. I said, because you're the one I would worry about. And he goes, why? I said, because you're the pussy. You're the one that don't deserve to wear the uniform because if you're that angry coming to work, you don't need to be putting on that uniform. If putting on that uniform makes you angry, stop doing it. Hell, if, if you put on a, a Circle K uniform and it makes you angry, don't take your ass to work. If you're doing any job where you have to interact with any other person in life, stop doing it because you're not helping yourself. You're not helping that company. You're not doing yourself any favors. And guess what? You're not making people comfortable. Grabbing your gun doesn't make anybody comfortable. Sitting with your hands on, on your gun is not comfortable. Because what's funny is I actually look at cops that put their hands on their, on their collar just so they can make people comfortable. That is a show of, I'm not trying to grab my gun. I'm trying. They might be investigating, but even during their investigation, they got their hands on their collars. I can appreciate that. Why? Because they're not trying to make me uncomfortable even during a stop. Even during their investigation, they're not trying to do things that will escalate the situation. Because those are the cops that are generally not raising their voice. Those are the cops that generally have some sense. Those are the ones that come out and generally can have open dialogue and then go about their business. Why? Because they're not revenue generated. The problem is we don't see that very often. Because even here in El Paso, I very rarely see a police officer put their hand on their gun. Very rarely. I think I've only seen it one time in five years. And I think he was actually just adjusting his belt or something. But, but yeah, they don't do that. They, it's the weirdest place I've ever been in my life. But I went to Atlanta a couple weeks ago Every cop I passed by had their hand on their gun. Not even, I even asked one, is it really that bad to where all of y'all are walking around straight face with, with your hand on your gun? Is it that bad? Because I walked around the streets for at least six, seven hours, and yeah, I didn't see it. Did I see a lot of homeless people out there? Yeah, I did. I see that escalate. But also didn't see a whole bunch of people getting close to or reacting to the police officer. Why could they not comfortable around And most places that even offer free coffee to the police officers, free whatever to the police officers, they don't want them sitting in there because they're bad for business. Why? Because people aren't comfortable around. I even see a lot of cops, even here, even here, one of the most friendly places I've ever been in my life, I saw a cop and he sat in the corner and he made sure he watched the door, he watched people in the, and I cracked up laughing. And he goes, yeah, I came from another city and we had to watch our backs. And I was like, that is sad. That is super sad. Simply because you're watching your back because what? Karma. You're watching your back because you're doing things that are making people uncomfortable. You're knowingly doing things that are making people uncomfortable. And I actually had a conversation with a police officer that comes to Starbucks. And the funny thing was, he was uncomfortable sitting in there until people started speaking to him. He was retired. And then whenever people started speaking to him, he then kind of loosened up. But he wasn't comfortable because he wasn't doing anything to make others around him comfortable. But he also didn't stay in Starbucks very long until lately, where now he sits down, he enjoys his coffee. Why? Because he's doing things to be more welcoming. He's doing things to be comforting. 
he's doing things to help people be comfortable around him. And at the end of the day, he's not a bad person. He actually goes out, he helps people that are in trouble. He goes out, he helps troubled youth. He goes out and he speaks to gang members. And does he tell them, oh, you don't do this, and this is the right way? To... No, he helps them go through the things that they're going through and he offers them options. You know, like Starbucks did those six police officers before they became victims. He offers them other means to which they may not see on their own. And with this, I look at the fact that I can appreciate someone that is trying to make where they are better. I don't appreciate someone that calls themselves a victim then celebrates the fact that they're going out and doing something that does not make an imprint on their community and then want me to look at that as something good because at the end of the day when you're looking at this whole situation people are uncomfortable with these six well at least one lady one lady asked but others were uncomfortable as well they were uncomfortable with these police officers sitting in there these police officers are going through pretty much no no discipline no what would you call that what what no consequences to their actions you have a police chief that blames the citizens but nobody wants to talk about the issue of how they're being trained no one's talking about the issue of their superiors. No one's talking about the multiple disciplinary actions most of these cops that have multiple shootings have. No one talks about the fact that most of these guys, if you're going to work angry, you probably need to talk to somebody because you can't take this stuff home. You can't take all these horrible situations to the house. You can't lay down with that every night. You cannot do that and be in the correct uh, mental state the problem is that's what you're leaving us with and you're telling me to be happy if you're mentally unstable and you and it's known that they're mentally unstable why are you hiring why are they being rehired why are you keeping them on why are you promoting because again you're breeding a culture into the blue wall. You're breeding an image into society as who you are as a whole. And if you want that image to change, you have to do something to change the image. And the problem is most people are not looking to change the image. They're looking to blame someone else for the issue I'm going to say that one more time they're not looking to change the image they're looking to blame someone for the issue no one wants to accept responsibility because that's one of the things that this society has become this nation is becoming a country of pussified you know what participation trophy because everybody thinks that they're entitled to something Everyone thinks that it's okay to manipulate and control someone else. Everyone thinks that doing something, it's somebody else's fault. You know, whether it's a, a police shooting where somebody say, oh, I worked 14 hours and I was, uh, I, I, I didn't know where I was at. So I, I shouldn't be held accountable for the actions I've done do realize the only people that get um, excused from responsibility are people that are incompetent. So you'll openly say you're incompetent, but then you want to be compensated? Are you serious? You can't say that you're incompetent and then want to be the victim. And that's what's happening. And each one of these officers that do a citizen murder for the most part 
because that's exactly what it is. All of them yell the exact same thing. I was in fear for my life. I was in fear for my life. I was in fear for my life. That's why I shot this 14-year-old boy in the back. I was in fear for my life. But I want you to be comfortable. Come in here. I'm going to have my hand on my gun. I'm going to talk crazy to you, but I want you to be comfortable. Now, I'm going to end with this today. Today, we didn't have a sponsor for this um, podcast. But what we did have today was the fact that no one is entitled to comfort. No one is entitled to being a victim unless you're actually a victim. And no one should be able to just change a narrative because they want to be a victim. Listen to what's going on. Do your research on what's being said. And understand that when you're offered an option, they respect you enough to make a choice. Now, you don't have to be happy with those options. But if you're going to accept a choice, live with the choice that you made. Because it's yours. You did it. Nobody forced you to. And we shouldn't have to listen to folks saying that they did control you or force you or any of those other mess. You want people to be comfortable? Do things that make them comfortable. Do things that are inviting. Do things that benefit others. You know, be a servant to all. And that's all I got for today. See you next week. The shaking colossus.